they had a, a very famous podcaster launched a new podcast, Radio Personality. And iTunes, Apple actually reached out to him and said, hey, we want to feature him on New and Noteworthy, but would you mind asking him to improve his podcast art first? Because they don't want to have some crappy you know, art up there. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal about automation, getting leads, retargeting, and sales funnels. You know, the stuff that'll actually make you money and doesn't empty your wallet. Get valuable, actionable information from me and other experts in the online marketing space, which will boost your business beyond its current boundaries. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Clive Maloney, and I've got a super show for you today. Our guest today is Andrew Oliman from Domain Name Wire and PodcastGuest.com, and we're going to be talking about podcasts. Now, contrary to what I said in the last episode, because if you heard that, you'll know that the plan was that I was going to be talking to you about project management. Uh, we will be doing that in the future, but I had such an interesting interview with Andrew Oliman, I decided that I wanted to share this first. We're going to come back to project management later. And another reason why I'm bringing this forward is that I've had so many requests to give some information around podcasting. Currently, this is episode 19. I've had a lot of people saying, yeah, how do we do that too? Love this idea, love the format. And thank you for everybody who's been listening and thank you to you for listening right now. So what I thought I would do is rather than share where I'm at with this, I think it's probably a little bit too early in my journey around podcasting. There's certainly a lot I've learned. I wanted to put somebody in front of you who's been podcasting for a long time now to get some really good tips that will help you if you're thinking about starting your own podcast. As I often do, I've tried to make this as easy as possible for you. So what I've done is I've made a list of all of the do's and don'ts and the essentials and desirables, the things that are going to come up today, and I put that in a simple cheat sheet. If you want to get hold of that cheat sheet, then you just go to my show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 19. So if you're seriously thinking about starting your own podcast, or maybe even just dabbling, then do make sure that you go and get this download. It will save you a ton of time. There is no point starting from scratch. You might as well learn from others, and this simple cheat sheet will make things a lot easier for you. All that said and done, let's get on and talk podcasts with Andrew Oliman. You're a little bit further ahead in this whole podcast journey than I am, aren't you? Yeah, I'm up to, I think today I published episode 142 of my podcast. Um, so that's once a week. So a little bit over two years. Yes. Two years. And to give you the context of this, we kind of met through a friend of mine. He came out and chat with me, wants some advice about something or the other in his business. And I was just saying what I was doing with my podcast. Now, I think I was on about episode nine at the time. I was saying, do you know any guests? I'm looking to interview some people who are really good in their industry. And he said, try out this website that you do. So, Andrew, what is this website? Tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So podcastguests.com is a service that connects podcasters with people that want to be a guest on their podcast. Uh, so it's a very simple email-based service. If, if any listeners are familiar with Help a Reporter Out, similar idea. Uh, I send an email each week with a list of podcasts that are looking for guests and the qualifications that they have. And then anyone who says, hey, I meet those qualifications, they fill out a quick form and that gets sent to the podcaster. And the podcaster, if they agree that it's a fit, they invite them on the show and it goes from there. So 
typically in a week, I'll send about six podcasts that are looking for guests. And depending on the topic, they get anywhere from a few responses to, in some, in some cases, over 40 uh, responses from people that want to be on their podcast. So uh, business-focused, entrepreneur-focused podcasts tend to get the most responses because that's very general. But even, I, I've been amazed, I had a, you know, an organic interior designer who got a lot of responses uh, as well. An interior designer? That was, uh, it's, actually it wasn't organic, it was vegan interior design. So it's, if you can imagine, but it, a lot of people were like, hey, I know something about this or you know, interior design and, and responded to it. And the newsletter also has an, an option for, for experts that want to get booked on a lot of podcasts right away without going through the hassle of responding each week to be featured in the newsletter as well and have podcasters come to them. So that's that's another way I connect podcasters with with guests. Oh, I see. And I'm going to get all the links from you at the end, but actually since we're on the topic, what's the website? It's podcastguests.com and you can go there. It's free. Uh, you just enter your email address and then you'll start getting the newsletter, which goes out uh, generally every Monday morning US time. Cool, cool. Excellent. As I say, my, my friend recommended this to me and I, I went on your website it can be quite a challenge to find decent guests. One of the things that interested me, one is that you were doing this great service where you could connect people, and I liked that, and so I had a look at that, and that's how we got to meet. And the other is that you're doing a podcast. Yeah, it's funny because it was my podcast was kind of the impetus for starting this podcast guest service. So I have a podcast about domain names, and I know that might seem uh, like a, a small niche, and to be fair, it kind of is, <laughs> um, but I, I've been blogging about domain names since 2005. I have a successful blog in the area. Started the podcast, as we mentioned at the top of the show, a little over two years ago, and actually, I guess it's coming up on three if I'm at 142. Just wow. do the math there, <laughs> divided by 52, yeah. but, um, and you know, the first 50 episodes or so, I just tapped my Rolodex. I was like, well, you know, I, I know 50 people in this industry that'd be interesting to interview. But after that, I was like, man, I need to bring in some some fresh meat. I need to find some people outside of, of my small, um, you know, my Rolodex. And, and that's where I started looking around for solutions on how can I find some interesting guests to be on my podcast. And at first, you know, I looked around, there are a couple of services out there couple paid services that are really hands-on that help you find these guests and, and line them up and that's wonderful but there was no kind of simple way to go out there and certainly no way to do it for free that I could find an efficient way to do it for free and so that's really where the idea behind podcast guests came to be yeah love it love it and as you know I'm kind of at the early stages of my podcast really I've sure. done a few things before I think this is about episode 19 so it was interesting for me to see somebody who's a little bit further ahead. Well, I say a little bit, you're on episode 142. Uh, <laughs> but to to meet somebody who was a little bit further ahead, and a lot of people have been asking me, so how does this work? You know, like if I was to do mm -hmm. a podcast, mm -hmm. where do I start? And I kind of feel because I'm so early on, and yeah, I've learned a heck of a lot, and there's probably a lot I could share, but I just kind of don't feel that, I'm the right person to be able to say, look, sure. this is how you do it. And so this is why I wanted you on the show today. Let's so, talk about podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about podcasting. Let's do a podcast about podcasting. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, absolutely. So, look, tell me, you've been doing it for nearly three years now. Mm -hmm. uh, you told me a little bit about why you started. Can you tell me a little bit about the benefits of podcasting? Why, why is it worth the effort? Right, right. That's a great question because I think a lot of people get into it with the wrong expectations and they see someone like uh, who's very successful at it, like Pat Flynn. He does the Smart Passive Income podcast uh, and they look at him and are like, wow, look at that. I could get tens of thousands of downloads, hundreds of thousands of downloads in my podcast every month yeah. or every week and I can sell ads against it and I'll be rich. Uh, Lipson put out some podcast statistics that showed the, the typical podcast, the medium podcast gets fewer than 300 downloads per episode. So you can look at that two ways. If you're looking at it from you know an advertising approach, that's not much at all. It's hard to sell ads against that. But if, and this is something I'll steal from Pat Flynn and, and a talk he gave about podcast movement last year, yeah. if you could talk to a room full of 300 people every week, would that be awesome? And it's like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome, right? But if you're trying to monetize people through ads, that's probably not a good approach. But if you have a, a business around it, if it's complementary to your business, then there's a lot of value to it. And so I think one of the, I think there are a couple of benefits. One is speaking to an audience every week or, or however frequently you release your podcast. The other though is the opportunity to interview interesting people. Right. And there are a lot of people that you might want to interview, whether it's the CEO of a certain company. Uh, and I've been as a blogger for 12 plus years now, I've interviewed people. Right. I'm, I'm kind of a journalist when it comes to the domain name industry. But getting 30 minutes of their time to sit down and really dig into an issue is not an opportunity I get frequently. And the podcast gives me that opportunity. So I'd say kind of the first thing is think about what you want to get out of it. And I think, yes, there are a lot of very popular podcasts are the ones you hear about and they monetize through all these different avenues, these CPM based, you know, advertising, affiliate advertising. I wouldn't start out with that. You can have that hope, but if that's your only goal in starting a podcast, I, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, I imagine if we look at you, you're thinking of a way you can help your clients, right? Yeah. And yeah. get great information and potentially get some new clients over time as well that listen to your podcast. You're probably not hoping to be, I'll use a US example here, you're hoping not to get rich selling Blue Apron subscriptions or <laughs> web hosting subscriptions, you know, through, through your podcast. And so I think that's the right way to look at it. So in my case, Domain Name Wire has been around since 2005. That's the name of my blog. So I created this a podcast to go along with it. And, and I should say, because I think this is a good way to talk about the technology and, and what you need to set up behind a podcast. I started Domain Name Wire Radio many years ago, back when the, the hot thing was having your own kind of online radio channel. Yeah. And it was a lot of work back then. It's gotten easier. Setting up a podcast is a lot harder than a blog. I will say that. But it's gotten easier since then, since five or six years ago, to get set up. Uh, start to get that audience and the technology behind it, which I'm, which I'm happy to kind of talk about the the approach I've taken and uh, things I've learned after doing 142 podcasts. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely circle back to that. I just thought it was interesting how you talked about like the value here, and and this was the thing that got me. 
is that when I realised that I could create something, it's the same as like a YouTube channel or whatever. Sure, yeah. You could create a platform where you could have an ongoing conversation with your existing clients and people who might be clients for you mm-hmm. in the future. And you know, back in episode 15, I spoke with Jeff Spies about building your tribe. And there is such a lot of talk at the moment about how you build communities and leverage those communities. And for me, this is very much about I'm on a journey with myself and with some of my clients about what I'm doing to grow my business and what they're doing. If you can use that as a platform to connect with more people and share that journey, I think that's just really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, th- and that's how I look at it. You know, look, if you can get up to 100,000 downloads per episode, um, more power to you. And you can certainly look at other, other options there for monetizing at that point. I manage my wife's podcast as well, and she gets t- about 25000 per episode within four weeks of when they air. Uh, hers is obviously a larger, uh, a larger topic. Um, but, you know, and that opens up a lot of avenues there. But I'll tell you, the revenue I make from my podcast from ads is much, much smaller than what I'm making from my blog, right? And so that's not the main – if that were the main purpose for doing it, I, I would have stopped podcasting already. Um, but there's so many other other benefits to it. 12 years blogging. Why the transition from blogging to podcast? Well, I, I wouldn't call it a transition. I still have the blog, and the blog is uh, – it, it actually helps drive people to the podcast – uh, but it was really I, I had well I had one close friend who was really pushing me on this idea of of podcasting, and I, ironically he never started his, but he, he kept telling me to do it, and and I actually these space in his office, and he he had set up a podcast room in his office where I'm recording this right now, and uh, and he said you know look I've talked to a lot of people who find this to be a good avenue for them, and you know one thing one thing I've learned from podcasting is that. Uh, sorry, from blogging, is that things change. Mediums change. Uh, the blogging world has changed a lot thanks to social media. A lot more people are getting news and information on Twitter and Facebook and other avenues. And you can't sit there and just do what worked 12 years ago and keep doing that. So that was kind of my start. And, and it's interesting. There's a There are a number of domain name industry conferences, believe it or not, but there's the big one takes place in Vegas every January, and the most interesting thing I'd say this past January when I was there is I had people that came up to me, and I'm well known in the space of my blog, but they say, hey, I love your podcast. And a couple of them said, I, I don't read your blog, but I listen to your podcast every week. And that shocked me, right? Because the, the blog, you know, it gets, say, 100,000 page views every month, and, and people know me for that. And a lot of people that read the blog don't listen to the podcast. They're not into podcasts. But there is a segment of the population that's more interested in listening than in reading my blog. And so that, to me, was very powerful. And, and really just the, the accolades and the thanks that people gave me told me, hey, this is a good thing I'm doing right here. This adds value. And I will say, having the blog, it, I have this built-in audience through my, through my Twitter account and the blog. So when I blog each week about here's my podcast episode, that drives a lot of this activity. So my podcast gets, I'm, I'm happy weeks when it gets a thousand downloads in, in my niche. If it were more than that, I'd question who's listening, frankly. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that just setting up a podcast about domain names and not having a blog and, and a built-in audience already. 
Yeah, yeah. You set out with your first episode. Did you just go out and do that first episode and then put it out there, or did you did you go and like create a stack of them? I mean, what was your approach when you first started creating content? You know, I did. Uh, I, I did just do one at a time. I didn't do a bunch. And it's interesting. There's a presentation. If you reach out, uh, Rob. Mm, I want to say Welch, but let me just make sure here. Uh, he's uh, yes, Rob Walsh. I'm sorry, Rob. Uh, with Libsyn, he's he's kind of a he's kind of like a liaison to podcasters for the, the big podcast hosting company Libsyn. He did a presentation last year at at Podcast Movement that talks about all these myths about podcasting, and it was really interesting because you know a lot of people say, oh, you got to get a lot of podcasts out there right off the bat. You know, you, you got to get ten of these in the can, release them all at once. You can get on New and Notable on iTunes, and you can get on their top new you know subscribers list and that sort of thing. And he really busted through a lot of these myths. And you know, new and notable is not really an algorithmically charged thing with iTunes. It's more of a personal editing thing. Um, so it's not how many downloads you're getting. Certainly, if you get a lot of downloads at once, you know that that will be uh, uh, helpful. But I want to say maybe I had two episodes, three before I got into iTunes, before I really started pushing it, but. Another thing he pointed out is getting on their list there hasn't has really nothing to do with how many downloads you get. It has to do with how many new subscribers you get. So I can see some value with having a few in the can so that people subscribe once they come out. Yeah. Uh, but you know this whole you've got to have thirty under your belt. You know, thirty podcasts is a lot. Most podcasts probably don't even make it to thirty before they give up. So um, you know, I I. I'm a big fan of getting it out there, much like I did with my podcast guest service. Get it out there. Get the basic structure out there. Listen to your feedback and then kind of take it from there. Absolutely. I think we have to start somewhere. There's so much pressure and concentration on we've got to get the numbers, like subscribers and downloads and things like that. But I kind of take Gary Vaynerchuk's stance on things in as much that one is better than none. Yes, yes. And, and it's the same way building your, like your email list and things like that. It's just every new subscriber or download, as far as I'm concerned, is an honor to have. Right, um, right. You know, somebody else taking the time to listen to what you've got to say, hopefully connecting with you. I don't think it's about the numbers. I think it's about engagement as well. Mm-hmm, and so there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who might download, but, you know, are they coming back to you and, you know, having conversations? Is that leading on to other things? Mm-hmm. So have you got any thoughts around engagement and how you're creating that on the back of your, your podcast and what you're doing? Yeah, in my case, it's very much a, hey, uh, uh, follow me on Twitter, come to Domain Name Wire to read the latest Domain Name news. You know, I'm not selling a product or a service. Um, so for me, that hasn't been a big part of my push, but certainly I think it's a, a great way to uh, to keep that interaction going in my case. And, and in, in your case, it might be a different benefit, right? I mean, I came at this from a journalist slash online media person approach, whereas for most people, there's some other goal they have there. Um, you know, if you're a marketing agency, it might be to get new clients. Uh, if you do have a product, it might be to sell that product and get the engagement there. 
But I think if you look at all these things, if you look at an email list, a podcast, a blog, you put all of these together, you can create a community and each one of those avenues, the email, the podcast, and the website might reach different people or reach them at different times. And I think all of those have, have value. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it is about community. It's about starting and continuing conversations. And I think podcasting for me is a way of starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. You said right from the beginning you was looking to find other guests. Have you always done episodes with guests on there or have you done any solo episodes you know it's funny this week i did a solo episode and i think this is maybe the second time i've done a solo episode um <laughs> hopefully my listeners aren't listening to this even though i'm going to tell them to but uh it was basically i didn't you know i just gotten back from costa rica i hadn't had time that you know i had a few guests interviews done but then i ran out uh, and so there was an interesting topic in, in the domain business I did. But most podcasts do the, this guest model. And I understand why. There are some benefits to it, which I'll get to here in a second. But my model is mostly I do a quick rundown of the news from the past week in the business. Uh, you know, this is an insider domain industry. The, the domain name registrars like GoDaddy. And registries like Verisign and the people that buy and sell domains, they're, they're my listeners. So I run through news for people that maybe missed a story. And then I tell them, hey, go check out Domain Name Wire for the latest news and more details on these stories. And then I do a guest segment. And so that's been my, my approach. The benefit to doing a guest model, there are a couple. One, people I think would get tired of listening to me every week, being kind of the start of the show. But the other is that you get that guest and that guest helps promote the show. And so one of the things I've done because of that, you know, and realizing that's a big guest on uh, a big benefit to having a guest is on podcast guests. I used to, you mentioned number of downloads per week. I used to present that from the podcaster's point of view. I took that off because one, I didn't want a small new podcast to be overlooked because, you know, they grow, right? And, and getting on early can be a benefit. And I didn't want that to hamper any podcast from getting guests. But on the flip side, one of the things I've started asking people when they submit themselves to be a guest on a podcast now is what can you do to help promote the show? And whether that's tweeting about it, putting it on Facebook, sending it out on their email list, anything along those lines is a help to you as a podcaster. So having a guest can not only get new and interesting perspectives, but it can also help build your audience. Yeah, love that. I like the question, uh, what can you do to promote the show? Because it's not pushy. Um, And, you know, if you invite them to be on there anyway, then, you know, generally people are are grateful for being included and and that you've taken an interest. So I I quite like that. One of the things that I've noticed as well, because I've done Probably, I don't know, maybe three quarters of my episodes are solo episodes. Mm-hmm. I find it a lot harder work on a solo oh. episode. Yes. Is it yes. just me? Yeah. When it's, when it's just you talking for even like this one I did this week, my, my podcasts are typically 30 to 40 minutes. And I talk for five minutes at the beginning with the news, five to 10, and then we do the interview. Mine this week was 20 minutes. And let me tell you, talking for 20 minutes is a long time. <laughs> so, yes, it is It is a lot more work, I think, to do these solo episodes than, than the guest. Yes, with the guest, you have to coordinate. That's, that's the biggest hassle, coordinating, um, getting kind of your outline together. But when you do a solo one, as you know, and I know you did one just recently, 
that, that I listened to that was probably like what 40 minutes solo uh, you know time management and such yeah that's that's a lot of work you've got to do an outline for that and it's a lot more rigorous than one one with a guest it's funny actually because that was the first episode I didn't really have an outline on but you know fortunately oh, really? it was, yeah it's just a topic I do so much for my clients it right. was like dead easy but actually I don't find coming up with content difficult simply mm-hmm. because majority of what I'm doing on these episodes is training and that's what I've been doing for I don't know 25 years but I just tend to find that I'm that much more picky when it comes down to my words and my language and mm-hmm. you know did mm-hmm. I slip up on that bit here and and just the editing takes so much longer because I am so hypercritical right right and we, and we can talk about editing a little bit later on when we talk about kind of some of the things I've learned about uh, podcasting from kind of a, a, a blocking and tackling perspective I kind of want to get into that now because you've had all these years doing it and you've learned a few things on the way can you tell us some of the things that you've learned some of the important lessons that if somebody was going to be starting out right now what should they know before I get started, you know, there, there are certain steps you need to take before you get started. Uh, and, and, and there is, frankly, some financial outlays before you get started. They aren't big, but it's more than, than blogging. One of them is to get uh, your podcast art. This is kind of the, the square logo, call it, for your podcast. It goes in iTunes and on all these other uh, services. That is one of the most critical things. This is not something to skimp on. Um, it's, it's like your book at, you know, judging a book by its cover. A lot of people judge a book by its cover and they move on if they don't like the cover, right? And so this is one of those areas where unless you have graphic design skills, you want to hire someone to do it and you don't want to necessarily get someone on Fiverr. It's funny. I reach out to people that have a good podcast art and a podcast cover and sometimes they say, yeah, dude, I got this on Fiverr. And I'm like, hey, great. But a lot of times that's not the way to go. Um, I spent a few hundred dollars to get mine, and I'll tell you one of the things Rob Walsh with Libsyn mentioned at his uh, at his talk last year in his presentation was they had a, a very famous podcaster launched a new podcast, radio personality, and iTunes Apple actually reached out to him and said, "Hey, we want to feature him on New and Noteworthy." But would you mind asking him to improve his podcast art first? Because they don't want to have some crappy, you know, art up there, you know, saying, hey, this is new and noteworthy. And frankly, even in my newsletter, so in my podcast guest newsletter, I put the album art next to the podcast. And you better believe that the impression someone gets depends greatly on that art there, right? If it looks like someone just, you know, a five-year-old made it, it's it's not going to look good. And in fact, I tend to put the ones with the best art at the top of my newsletter because I don't want my newsletter to look bad. And so that is somewhere where I would spend a little bit of time and or money uh, coming up with good podcast art. Another expenditure that I made that I would not recommend doing right away is I paid a voiceover expert to do this fancy intro for me. And, you know, I did that because I listened to some of these podcasts that had them and I was like, oh, I want to be like Pat Flynn. And and actually, I would love to have this podcast. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't it's not necessary right up front. And and in fact, eventually I dropped it and just went to uh, you can download music like uh, uh, jingles, if you will, on sites on most stock photo sites for 50 bucks or less. And I changed to an intro where I had that music come in, it fades out, and then I do my own intro. And I say, hey, 
Welcome to the Domain Name Wire podcast, where we talk about the business of domain names. I'm your host, Andrew Alleman, and this is episode number 142. And so, and, and it's, it's fine, right? It works. So at some point, you might go do it, and, and I notice you have kind of a, an, an intro as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's fine. It's great if you have one, but that's not something that you have to do to get started. If you look at what you have to do, I'd say focus on getting that good podcast start, finding a podcast host. Um, but the, the intro voiceover, that's something that you don't have to do at first. You can, but I'm just saying if, if you, you know, speaking of the minimum viable product, getting it out there, getting it moving, that's not something you have to do. Um, one thing that I did that I'm very thankful, uh, for doing is I don't edit my own podcast. Um, and so I found this service called podcast fast track that does it for me i do they do my weekly episodes every month for less than 250 dollars a month and i send them my raw files i send them some notes and they go through and edit it for me and to me i didn't have a background in editing audio it just makes a lot of sense because the time it would take me to edit each of my episodes is worth a lot more than 50 bucks or whatever it comes out to per episode so um, if you're worried about the technical side of that, which I had already done 10 hours of research before I found these guys, I would outsource that. That's one of those things that, and I know you mentioned earlier, you know, you're very particular about how you sound and, and that sort of thing. So that's one reason you might want to edit your own. But I found that working with an editor, you can, you can get them to kind of understand what your expectations are and 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 work with you from there to to meet those expectations and if they're very high expectations it might cost more you might have to pay them more if it's uh but these guys i just said uh and these guys take take those out of the the podcast for me to the extent that that i want so that that to me is an extremely valuable way to to kind of get going yeah i'm kind of with you really the editing process takes so much time because I'm still early with it and I'm kind of sort of testing things out and learning and I, I'm enjoying the process, mm -hmm. uh, I'm still doing a lot of it myself, but it is definitely something I'm going to be looking to outsource at some stage soon. And I, I heard a metric a little while ago, I don't know how true it is, but uh, it kind of rings true to me, is that for every 10 minutes of like audio, that represents about an hour of editing. Hmm. So for my 45 minute episode the other day that that's like, a lot of time <laughs> that's half a day gone <laughs> right right and so you know I, I found it you know some people are very efficient at it and you know I know the people that do mine at podcast fast track are very efficient at it they can spot the spot the uhs and the ums and and delete those pretty quickly and it's you know look it's it's one of those things where when someone I occasionally help people uh, acquire a domain name and stuff and my you know, if you look at how much I charge them per hour, it might seem like a lot. I, I don't charge by the hour, but, but you know, I've got 15, 20 years of experience in this. And if they were to go out and learn how to do it, that would be a waste of their time. And, and I'm sure you talk about that with clients too, which is you need to outsource the things that make sense to outsource. And for me, that was audio editing, you know, uh, for, for other people that maybe they have an expertise in that. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't make sense to do. But for me, that was one of those things that to get that off my plate, it just made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So you're buying expertise and you're buying time. Right. right. What other things would you say to someone who's just starting out? 
Um, I would say just getting a couple out there and going is a good way to start. Uh, I would also say, and this is a little bit controversial, some people disagree, I'd say own your own feed. And what I mean by that is people start looking into doing their own podcast is if you use a host like Libsyn, who, who I use, I'm very happy with them as podcast host, they'll give you an RSS feed. And RSS feeds are what you submit to groups like Apple, iTunes, where they basically pull your new episodes into their system. I'm a fan, though, of not using that Libsyn hosting feed and instead using my own feed that I create through my own blog, Domain Name Wire. And the reason I'm a fan of this is because I have a lot of history with RSS, having blogged for over 12 years. And there were services that have come up over time where they're, you know, make your RSS feed, RSS feed even better that you submit to companies. But occasionally those companies will go out of business and you don't want your middleman to go out of business. Now, you know, Libsyn's a very popular company, but things happen, might be acquired, their services might change. You know, the risk is probably pretty low with them, but I've just, history has told me that it's better to kind of own your own feed from that perspective. That's really interesting. I never considered that for a moment when I started my podcast. Now, I'm using the Libsyn feed at the moment. Right. Um, and they do make it incredibly easy. Libsyn, I do use their, their feed for, in some cases, they have deals with a few of the kind of distribution groups that you need to use that Libsyn RSS feed, which I understand as well, because those people are trusting the uptime of, of Libsyn. And if you choose a bad web host, you could have some issues. Um, right. So if your host goes down, your feed goes down and that's bad. So, you know, in, in my case, look, I already have a blog and I, I'm very happy with the hosting situation I have there. So it was easy for me. Maybe when you're just getting started, it makes sense to kind of use that lips and feed. And, and look, it might be the way you decide to go forever. I'm just a fan of having more control over that feed than letting a, a third party have it. Because keep in mind, too, if I switch... If I were to switch from Libsyn to someone else, then I need to resubmit that feed to everyone. Whereas if, if you control your own feed, you don't need to do that. Excellent, excellent. What you do as domain names is quite niche. If you're going to choose to do a podcast on something, how niche should you go? Right. Well, I, I think you need to choose a podcast about your expertise. And in my case, it's domain names. And I've broadened this over time to talk about kind of some web presence stuff, whether it's Shopify, e-commerce type, type of things, hosting to some extent. But domain names are, are my expertise. And so for me, that was what I settled on, even though I know this is a limited audience, especially since it's, it's insider baseball stuff. I, I, I guess that's a U.S colloquial term, <laughs> insider <laughs> cricket, you know, depending on where you are, you know, it's, okay. uh, I, I don't know what slogan you, you, you might use, but basically what it means is we really get down into the, the stats and the data that the general person who just registers a domain name doesn't care about. Um, my wife's is about the internet of things, which is a broader audience. And that's part of the reason she gets a lot of downloads is also, she has a, a you know, a very good reputation in that space. Uh, but I would say the number one thing is you have to podcast about something you know about. You know, one one of the jokes about internet marketing is all these people are pitching internet marketing courses and, and guides and, and software. All they very, you know, they're pitching to people and then the, the people that read their course start their own course about internet marketing, right? They, they don't apply it to 
to their own business. They're suddenly an expert on internet marketing. It's like this circular reference. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the key is to, to pick something that you that you're an expert on. Some people might disagree. Some people might say pick something you want to be an expert on. And certainly a podcast, you can do that by interviewing experts in the space um, and, and using them as the expertise. There's, I have a colleague in the domain name space who has an excellent video series called Domain Sherpa. And he started out, he's a quick learner. He certainly learned quickly, but his thing is, hey, I'll leverage, I'll interview the experts in the space and bring that content to the space. I won't be the expert at first. He's, he's become an expert over time. So that's certainly a, another avenue you can take. But a lot of it, I'd say, depends on your goals, which we've talked about. Uh, if your goal is to get a huge audience, you need to go broader. If it's to get a very dedicated niche audience, then maybe going more, well, more niche, more, more specific makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you can either go broad or tall, same as deciding whatever you're going to do in business. Sure, yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. It makes sense to talk about what you know. And, it, and if you subscribe to podcastcast.com, you'll notice... There's some, you know, the one that goes out this, this morning when we're recording this, there's a, there's a wrestling one, there's one for entrepreneurs, but only engineering entrepreneurs, so CAD, 3D printing, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I've, I've had podcasts about on there about, you know, they're looking for celebrities from 70s music. You know, and so, uh, you know, some of these, and, and I mentioned vegan interior design earlier on, that was actually... If, if memory serves me, that wasn't a podcast. It was one of the experts I, I feature, right? And so that's a very narrow expertise. But sometimes, I can't even imagine how that works. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, if you're looking for an interior designer and you're into, in that case, vegan, you know, so not things made of cowhide and that sort of stuff for your furniture, you know, being the expert in that space can be powerful. So, you know, there is something to be said. You know, being an expert in business... Uh, like, like like you do, Clive, uh, there's a lot of competition for it, right? And so, but if you're an expert in something very specific, one of the things I would tell people, like, I go back and, and speak at uh, University of Texas where I graduated to the business students there from time to time. One of the things I tell them coming out of school is be an expert at something. And it doesn't have to be the biggest thing, just be an expert at something. In today's world, just being kind of a, a generalist, uh, especially if you're working for a company, that's not good enough. Whether you're an expert in blockchain, in my case, domain names, you need to be a, one of the top experts in, in what you do. One more question that I really want to ask you, Andrew. Before we get to that, I just want to give you the chance to tell anybody who's listening right now, if they're going to check out your podcast, they're going to check you out, how can they get in touch? Uh, you can well, you can su subscribe to the uh, podcast guest newsletter at podcastguests.com. That's plural on guests. Uh, you can email me Andrew at podcastguests.com. Uh, and if you're interested in checking out my blog and my podcast, domainnamewire.com is the URL there, and, and I actually own dnw.com as well. Which, if you the podcast, of course, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, wherever you want there. Uh, but you can also go to dnw.com slash podcasts and you can see all the episodes just it forwards to the spot on my blog. And also, if you're interested in domains, I'd, I'd recommend following me on Twitter. I tweet throughout the day about news and stuff that's going on there. My handle is at domain name wire. Love it. Love it. And I definitely recommend that you go and check this podcast out in particular. 
I listened to the last, I don't know, maybe three or four in the last week. I just thought it was like a really interesting insight into something I'd never really considered. And so, uh, you know, we talked just before we got, got you on the on the episode here today, Andrew. Uh, I'd love to get you back sometime talking about domain names. And- yeah, it's a, it's, a it's a fascinating it's a fascinating business. And the cool thing about it is, people. What usually happens, Clive, is they come across a podcast like mine or read my blog, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's interesting." Not only for my business, but a lot of people get sucked into buying and selling domain names, right? Because <laughs> it's 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 a pretty appealing thing, right? And so that that's kind of how they how they first get introduced to it. So yeah, so I definitely invite people to come check it out. Just just read the blog, maybe listen to a podcast episode or two to get your feet wet uh, and and see if it's something you're interested in. Love it, excellent, Andrew. My last question for you today is your never again moment. Is there one or two things that you've done in the past where you think, do you know what, I really won't do that again? Any big mistakes that we can learn from uh, in order to uh, to make sure we don't do the same on our podcast? Yeah, yeah I would I say, say on the podcast, podcast, my number one fear whenever I record a podcast is that something's going to uh, get messed up with the recording. And thankfully, I've only had it happen once. If, if you use a Mac, there's lots of great recording software out there to record podcasts. That's not the case if you're on a PC. And one of my systems started failing. I used another piece of software. It gave me a warning before I interviewed these people that I needed to update the software. But I was just, you know, I just opened it up and it was about time to do the interview. I didn't do it. And sure enough, the reason they pushed out an update was because Skype, which I record, you know, my Skype calls, had just pushed out an update. Oh, it was horrible. It was with two guests. And it was a long, it was a 45 minute interview, excellent interview. And then I get off the call and it had only recorded the first minute. Oh. And I just cringed. I was like, how am I gonna tell these guys? They're right in the middle of launching their new top level domain name. And it was just, I'm sure you've had that sinking feeling in your gut, you know, where it's just, and so I would, I would say, um, Make sure to update your recording software, have any sort of redundancy in there. You know, I'm recording this side for you, as you know, just if you can get your guest, if they know what they're doing to record their half of the conversation, just in case, I would do I, I would do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've got two recording devices going at the moment, Pamela with Skype, and I'm also using Flashback Express Recorder. Um, okay. But yeah, I still ask you to do the same and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll work out. <laughs> I'm going to uh, write that down, a flashback express recorder, because I gave up on Pamela. That was the one I was having trouble with. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, redundancy in podcasts is, is your friend. <laughs> There's no such thing as too much redundancy. So. And that's where we'll leave it today. I had such a blast talking to Andrew. And uh, I just want to reiterate what I said earlier. Get yourself onto iTunes or your favorite podcast app and download Andrew's podcast, Domain Name Wire. It's a really interesting insight into something that most people just take for granted. I certainly did. You just go and buy a domain name and you never think what happens in the background. Also a huge recommendation to his service, podcastguest.com. It's a really easy way to get some guests for your podcast. And if you are thinking about doing a podcast right now, I'd love to know. So do me a favor and pop on to the show notes page, getreadaboutbusiness.com forward slash 19 and let me know what your plans are. Really love to know that. A couple of final things to mention before we wrap up. 
The first is that all of the links that we mentioned today, and there was a lot of stuff that was dropping out there, Libsyn and some of the people and places that Andrew was talking about. I've put all of those links on the show notes page. You can go and get that. And whilst you're at it, don't forget to get your cheat sheet with all the hot tips that you need to know from today's show that will help you put your best foot forward. It's been jam-packed today and just time left for me to tell you about next episode. Next episode on the Get Real About Business podcast, we're talking about the psychology around sales. So this is a really essential episode. If you want to be better at selling, if you want to get more sales, and if you want to feel more comfortable in asking for the business. So make sure you come back next week as we do that podcast. Until then, here's to you and your highly successful business.